0: This is the All Purpose Logistics Podcast, and I'm your host Adrian speaking here. And I'm checking in today after quite a bit of delay since the last episode, and uh, going to cite a few things as to the reason why um, we've been under a pandemic. And you would think that I would have more of an opportunity to come to you, you know, being that most people were. At their homes or you know in in various places but definitely they were having to stay in uh it's a little different for us uh, truckers i mean being that uh, a lot of us were kind of essential workers during this period and uh it's been a lot of times business as usual so uh i've been a little busier than i may have wanted to be and as a result Well, maybe not directly, but as a result, haven't been able to provide any real quality content here in the past couple of months. But we're back, and uh, we're coming to you um, right now from the state of Texas, the Lone Star State, and uh, come to just catch up on a few things. I guess some housekeeping order, housekeeping in order not exactly sure how that goes that doesn't really matter um a few issues we probably need to address uh social unrest is is the topic not of just this conversation but it's a it's a national topic and a global topic as well um the black lives matter movement has gathered some uh well-needed steam through some of the injustices that have been taking place in our society. Um, more specifically here recently has uh, been the George Floyd murder at the hands of what appears to be a public servant, a cop. Uh, it's just it's, it's an atrocity and, and uh, it has gained global awareness uh, not to mention, I want to say it was last week, Ahmad Alberry, Rashard Arbery in Atlanta was uh, basically murdered by a cop in Atlanta, Georgia, after uh, a physical altercation. Uh, most people that see the video doesn't really think that him being shot in the back was warranted. And... I totally agree. well, it's, it's coming to a uh, head in in the United States. Uh, the racism that exists, the systematic racism, uh, police brutality, some of these things that Colin Kaepernick tried to bring attention to around four years ago when he started kneeling uh during the national anthem and there was a real public outcry against it. Uh some people kinda handcuffed the narrative and they made it about patriotism and, you know, dishonoring the flag and disrespecting the flag. Uh it was never really about that. Copper Kaepernick came out and said that at the time that it was never about that. But, you know, nevertheless, uh It was, there was a spin put on it, and he was ostracized from the NFL and uh, certain parts of society, you know, people made him out to be the bad guy, and he doesn't look so bad today. I must say that Kaepernick's actually looking rather well, really good lately, with the things that he tried to point out, because it was nonviolent, and It was pretty much a silent protest and right now there have been violent protests and not so silent protests And, and it's been happening all over the nation during the pandemic and people have been rioting and I, although I don't excuse it because I don't really subscribe to the destruction of other people's property, um, I can understand the the unrest that's going on right now. You know, people are really frustrated, and uh, when people feel like their voices aren't heard, you know, it's at times people just lash out, they strike out, you know, against others. Whether it's right or wrong, I mean, it's it's kind of human, you know, for people to get fed up and do things that. You know, you may not agree with at times. Um, with that being said, uh, like I said, I don't condone the destruction of other people's property, but I definitely do uh, support the silent protests. Uh, even some of, I mean, even even the vocal protests. You know, this is America; you have freedom of speech. You know, and and I, I definitely believe people should have the right to do so. Uh, you know, kind of voice their opinions on things. That's, that's what makes this nation one of the reasons that makes this nation so great. And, uh, yeah, I'm in full support of that. Um, not the violence, but the protests, yeah. I, I definitely think it's time that, you know, some people take notice of what's going on in other, I guess, uh, other... How would I put this? Uh, because we're we're all people in the society, but I guess there di- there are different levels to it. Um, people in certain demographics or uh, certain areas in places. More importantly, um, the underprivileged, the uh, the people of color that have been kind of marginalized, not not even kind of. I mean, it's just been done wrong over the years. I mean, from the beginning, you know, we were brought in as cheap labor. And for the most part, a lot of people have fought to keep it that way. And it, it's given others such a head start that it's really hard for some to, to overcome the, the obstacles that are placed in front of them in order to have true success in this society. And, um, I mean, they're just trying to shed light on this right now. And and I, I think that's a good thing because it seems that through these atrocities that have been going on, because it's been going on for quite a while, it's not anything new. It's just now the the spotlight has been shined on it. Like globally and it's, it's making America look bad and I can't really relate that you know directly to what's going on in the logistics industry but I mean it's a societal issue and, and it's systematic and I'm, I'm definitely sure that it has impacted this industry. Maybe not as directly as other industries, but this industry definitely is impacted as a result of it. I mean, if it's just lack of resources alone, you know, and I can say that uh, I can attest to the lack of resources part of it. I mean, it, it hasn't really been easy starting a company from where I started it from and maybe it's due you know to the lack of knowledge in starting the company I mean I didn't really know anyone who had a company before me none of my peers or anything and I mean I can say that my grandmother my great grandmother owned the business, but I'm gonna be honest; uh, she wasn't a really great business owner, and and it's it's just uh, a testament to some of the obstacles that we faced as as people of color in the United States. I mean, she couldn't read, and I can't say that she was particularly good at math either. So. Um, needless to say, she was a successful business woman. I'm thinking primarily due to popularity and, you know, providing good service. But, um uh, a, a great business owner. I can't say that she was, I mean, she was a business owner and she was successful, but really, really good at it. Nah, can't say so. Because uh, none of the values as far as uh, ownership are concerned were passed down, at least to me. And, and I'm not blaming anyone in particular. I'm just, you know, stating facts. So with, with that being said, I mean, I'm pretty sure that there are similar stories to this all over the nation. And, and yeah, I mean, pretty much all over the world. And, and. It's not a pity party or anything. I'm, I'm just pointing out some things because um, whereas I know people that I went to school with and people that my brothers went to school with and even my mother, they inherited things, you know, from their family. And and a lot of these people have legacies, you know, that are 50 and 100 years old. You know, things that are just passed down from generation to generation. And, I mean, we just we didn't have that opportunity and and i want to make those type of opportunities available for my children and grandchildren so you know i'm i'm moving towards something where i can start that but for now it's it's not something that existed for me you know i'm i'm just making that comparison and um i think these are some of the things that that are being brought to light and you know people are having conversations about them and I mean as as we grow the podcast and you know start getting into more things and and, you know build a kind of an audience around this platform we'll we'll have some some of those tough conversations because I mean I have friends across all racial lines and I'm I'm happy to say that good friends too and and yeah I'm interested in having some of those conversations, you know, to share with, with this audience because I'm pretty sure it'd be insightful because, uh, the kind of things that we do talk about, maybe other people aren't speaking on and, and talking about, which is why I'm, I'm somewhat comfortable having the conversation because I, I have some understanding friends and, you know, it's. It's a good thing to be able to say, but with that being said, there are a lot of people around that that I've met and know that aren't so uh, educated or progressive or any of those things. I mean, I'm pretty sure there are a lot of different adjectives I could use, you know, for what they aren't, but, um, you know, a lot of the nation is really ignorant of the plight. Of, of the underprivileged and you know those that have been kinda systematically excluded from some of the I guess uh, greater benefits of, of what this society can bring and it, it's not so much that you know everyone that, that is not a person of color is a bigot or or try to keep anyone else down particularly I'm, I'm not saying that because I know that not to be true. I, I, I actually know that not to be true. They're, they're, the majority of people that I know are not bigots, you know and, and they're not opposed to helping others or they're definitely not trying to keep others down. I just I don't particularly know a lot of people that way. But what I do know is they do exist. And, and the the bad apples kind of spoil it for the bunch in a lot of time. Well, in a lot of instances. And, and well, it's kind of time for that to stop. I mean, people are fed up and they're demanding change and they're demanding change now. And and people are actually opening their eyes and becoming aware and starting to listen to to what's being said, whereas before a lot of things, you know, just came off like people just complaining and maybe some of it was, but there was a lot of truth to what has been said in the past and what's been said now, which is pretty much the same message, it's just more people are listening, and and that's a good thing so, change is in the air and change is in the air in the logistics world as well Um, through the COVID-19 epidemic, pandemic, however um, you want to look at it, um, they're declaring it as a pandemic and I'm not disagreeing, but I'm I'm just not limiting it it to a pandemic. Um, I'm thinking it's had broad uh, repercussions across the the nation and the world. And um, one of them in the logistics industry has been lower rates yes not higher but lower rates to some of the trucking professionals out here and you know logistics people and you know freight movers and freight forwarders and you know this this logistics and industry has a lot of different uh what would you call them niches yeah that that people are employed under and, and, and work under and, you know, those, the the pandemic has affected pretty much everyone because of the lack of businesses being open, um, the lack of staff in some of the ones that have been open, and a lot of it has resulted in lower rates, Um, truckers, we're asked to do more with less and I think it stemmed originally from the price of fuel going down because at, at one point in time it was really low but now it's become, uh, it's going back up like dramatically. I've, I've seen uh, I guess in the past couple of months fifty cents to a dollar swing in fuel and you know when that happens uh that that price to do business is gonna fluctuate as well and um approaching the summer uh the rates are starting to ease back up but i'm pretty sure and, and and don't quote me on it but um I'm almost positive that a lot of trucking companies may have either closed their doors or definitely lost some money, and and a significant amount of it throughout this pandemic, as a result of the fluctuating rates. You know the uh, the lack of businesses being open. You know just depending on how some of them. Depend, depended on others to make their money. I mean, that's just how an economy works. You rely on other people to do your business, and I'm pretty sure that a lot of these companies uh, may have not been able to do business as normal. Me, for example, uh, I was able to make it out okay during this pandemic. Um, for the most part it was business as usual. I did have to go some places that I don't normally go. Uh have also uh I guess well it, initially a lot of the freight that I was moving was some of the essential freight. I mean it was the toilet paper and uh I had some Clorox a few times uh let's see i think i had some sanitizer some food stuffs, just just different things you know to keep the world going i i moved a lot of that during that first month and into the second month of of the nation almost coming to a halt because um since my last podcast i'm sure that uh we were just entering this covid-19 epidemic and it it got really bad for some people um our president actually mailed out stimulus checks for for people who were in crisis um since that time the the SBA has been giving out um disaster loans for businesses and um they call it a PPP uh, payroll protection type of loan and and this is because I mean a lot of small businesses and large businesses as well were greatly impacted by the basic stoppage of our economy I mean people were really not allowed to go outside of their homes for extended periods of time like at least socially. It was really on a need to basis. And and this went on for weeks. And yeah it, it got pretty rough on some people. And we're not clearly out of the woods. Although at this point in time. A lot of people are back to work. And a lot of these states. I'm thinking most, most states have opened up. Fully, I know Georgia was the first to reopen, which opens up a whole nother can of worms at this point. Georgia's like one of the reddest states, even though we're usually red for you know voting Republican, but this time it's for uh, cases of the coronavirus. Like, we've had a drastic uptick. In new cases, and I think it's a direct result of us reopening the state too early. Uh, it's just my opinion, maybe not fact. And and if you don't agree with me, y'all, uh, that's fine. That's fine. But I do know this: we are one of the leading states with new cases right now, and it's kind of a bad thing because. Our state's open. Like, you can literally go sit down and eat a steak now, whereas in in other states, I mean, I'm not sure that that's the case everywhere. They're, they're still practicing protocol. There, there are people in Georgia that aren't even wearing masks anymore, for the most part. And I do believe that that is uh, <laughs> a big mistake. and And it's due to the fact that, you know, politicians have told them that Hey, it's safe to open up. And I'm not saying that these same politicians told them that there's no more pandemic. It's just, uh, people don't always use their common sense when when assessing situations. I mean, I'm out here trucking, so I get to see things from a lot of different perspectives, and uh, I can't say that a lot of the states are not like Georgia. They're not. They are practicing social distancing there are signs up in their stores saying you're not allowed with a mask you know and that's that's encouraging that some of those states you know are gonna avoid some of the issues that uh, others are not gonna be able to avoid simply because they're not I don't think they're taking it as seriously as they should and and I think Georgia is one of those states even though there's a lot of testing going on, this just doesn't seem like the type of prevention efforts that, that need to be going on. And I'm not a fan of that, but I'm just I'm just aware of it. that That is the case. So with, with that being said, um, I'm fearing that we may go back into a phase two of quarantining. In this nation, if something isn't done about the the way these states are allowing people to get back to their lives, and uh, yeah, just something to be aware of, and I guess beware of. But yeah, that's that's something that's gonna affect all industries because I mean. As people are getting back to work, if they're getting sick, um, they're going to have to be replaced. And I mean, maybe it's impossible to replace all of these people. You know, if enough people are sick, and businesses will shut down, and our economy will suffer as a result of just not taking the proper steps to, to operate the correct way. Uh, it's evidence in Uh, The NBA has not resumed their season yet. Because they're looking at, I guess, uh, viable possibilities of resuming their season. Uh, I think they've decided to kind of... They're calling it a bubble. They're going to have some space there in Orlando, Florida, where... They're going to basically keep all the players there together, kind of quarantined to their little area. They're going to have regular testing. Um, I don't know if it's weekly or daily, but I know definitely weekly. And the the players are going to be limited as to, I think, one person outside of a teammate or you know people that are regular staff that can come in with them into the bubble. And they're going to stay there until the season is completed. And it's it's going to take a lot of sacrifice. You know, these guys are going to be away from their families and their normal lives, their houses and maybe some of them, their cars and, and things that, you know, they've grown accustomed to, to doing and having. They're going to have to do without them um, in order to, to play the game that, they get paid to play, and I'm pretty sure most of them love. But um, for our entertainment, and uh, needless to say, there would not be any crowds. There will be no fans at these games. They're just going to be playing, you know, competing against other teams in the bubble. And it's going to be a very, very shortened season, and they're going to go into a playoff mode. And hopefully crown a champion this year. And I think the NBA has a pretty good opportunity to do that because they are taking precautions, you know, not to spread the disease and not only not to spread it, but when when it is verified that someone has it, I think they they have a plan in place in order to isolate it and kind of keep it from spreading amongst others, which I think is the proper way to do this Uh, our biggest issue here in the United States is we haven't been able to pinpoint where you know the corona disease is coming from as accurately and as a result we're not able to properly just quarantine it and, and, and hold it in place where it is so as to prevent the disease from spreading to others and a lot of that does come due to uh, people not just not caring as much about others as they should, and and that in itself is kind of sad. But you know, it's it's kind of like it's kind of the world we live in. You know, a lot of people think about themselves only, and it's sad, but it's it's true. But I mean, I do believe that. We will get past this pandemic and, and at some point, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. But even if it's later, we will get back to a level of normalcy and, and you know, we'll be more aware of it as a result of, I guess, as a result of having to go through these pains of dealing with a, an issue such as this in, in the United States because we haven't really had uh, a, a problem like this in quite a while not not during my lifetime anyway and um I mean there there has been history of it here in the United States, but um not not in my lifetime and I don't think in my mother's lifetime either that we've had a a problem like this but um with that being said, you know we're we're learning as we go. And, and I think we will get smarter about it as as some of the mistakes are made and, you know, ultimately corrected, and we iron out the wrinkles with our process. So I, I do have optimism in that respect. And as far as the logistics industry is concerned, they adapted very quickly. Uh, a lot of the shippers and receivers have moved to uh, a system where you know, drivers aren't always reporting inside. Um, there have been what 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 do you call uh, temperature tests and waivers filled out as far as you know, drivers where they've been or where have they been in contact with? And and I think those things help as far as awareness is concerned. And and you know, of course, uh, you need masks at a lot of these places. And and well well deserved i mean deservedly so that that should be the case because of course uh prevention of spreading this disease in in industry is a great thing for business because you don't want to have drivers transporting uh a disease all over the country where some of them may go so you know that's that's just something that i'd i'd say that A lot of people in the logistics industry have really kind of gotten a good idea about we've been doing a pretty good job of maintaining, you know, just keeping whatever we have to ourselves and doing business, which I'm proud of because I haven't really felt in danger of receiving anything. Not, Not that it's impossible or anything, but social distancing is... Definitely being practiced in the logistics industry to all of our uh, benefit. And yeah, I guess um, with that being said, I'm, I'm going to wrap up this episode. And, and, you know, on the bright side of things, that, that there, there is optimism in the logistics industry now during this pandemic. And I, I do believe that um, the, the way that we have been handling the logistics industry May be a pretty good way that of how we should be doing business, you know, in a more broader sense, in a more general sense in 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 the world now. And um, yeah, I, I think I'm gonna sign off here and 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 let you know that it was pretty good coming back again, uh, bringing you the All Purpose Logistics Podcast, and I'll see you guys next time. Uh, have a good day.